0: Welcome to our Bible teaching. Uh, We're continuing a series tonight on uh, the miraculous, uh, particularly faith and miracles. Uh, In the last, uh, we've been on this for a few months. We've been talking about the miraculous in the Bible. One of the things I've been trying to do is just bring the reality of some of these miracles uh, into, kind of, into our minds and imaginations a little bit, just to kind of make them a bit more real. Begin to think about these things. It's more than just words on a page in the Bible. But we begin to believe in God who does these kind of things. Uh, miracles are not just something for Bible times. Miracles are not just something for the times of Jesus or the times of the apostles. Miracles and the, the manifestation of the power of God is supposed to be ongoing and an active part of the Christian life. Now, the enemies tried to bring false doctrines into the church that have tried to tell us, oh, miracles were just for that day and uh, tried to restrict the manifestation of the power of God. Uh, but, you know, if we open our eyes and look in the Word of God and, and look at what God's saying, that message is not in the Bible. That, that is an idea of man. It's a false doctrine. I'm going to call it what it is. And uh, over and over, we see that God wants to manifest His power in the lives of, of Christians. And not only that, he, he wants to teach us and show us how to access his power, how to get his power moving in our lives. See, another line, another false doctrine that has been taught is that miracles only happen when God wants them to happen. And, you know, we play very little role in it, and we just got to sit around and, you know, if we have a need, we just hope for the Lord God to move in a miracle. But, you know, there's very little we can do about it. That is a lie. That is not the message of the Bible. In fact, the the message of the Bible uh, shows us how to access the power of God in our lives and and, and shows that there's things that we do. We play a part in whether God's power flows into our lives and into our situations. So over the last few weeks, we have been looking at the connection between faith and miracles. Now, many people are still trying to get a hold of, you know, faith in the area of healing. Uh, But we're looking a little bit beyond that right now. We're we're trying to show you faith plays a much wider role than just the manifestation of the power of God to heal. We've seen that faith was connected to Peter walking on the water. That's a manifestation of the miraculous. Uh, When Peter sank, Jesus spoke to him about his faith. Well, that means his faith played a role in him, in that miracle shutting down and him sinking. We've seen in Hebrews 11 that the Bible mentions faith in connection to them crossing over when the Red Sea split and connects faith to the walls of Jericho coming down. Well, faith is our side. Faith is something that, that we're involved in. So if the Bible highlights and points to these truths, then we need to listen. We need to open our eyes and see what the word of God is trying to show us. There are things that God is trying to show Christians. He's trying to teach us, He's trying to train us in some areas. But we've been very resistant to that. We have held back. We've been very resistant and we've not wanted to hear certain truths because we want to sit in the comfort zones of our religious mentalities and our preconceived ideas. Which which tell us that there's very little we can do, and it's all up to the Lord whether whether things happen. But God is raising up a people. God, and and I I am I am calling this group of people together. I'm sending this out as a call over and over again. And I know I'm not the only person doing that. But God is raising up a church, who knows how to believe Him, who knows how to believe His Word who knows how to take the principles of faith to bring the power of God into manifestation on this earth. Not a people who just sit back and say, well, there's not much we can do unless the Lord moves. We just got to wait for him to move. That is not the Bible mentality. And as you, as we begin to see what the word is trying to show us, we will begin to realize that God, when, when we became Christians, Something remarkable happened in our lives, something remarkable. We were taken out of the kingdom of darkness, placed in the kingdom of light, but we were brought in, to a, we were raised and we were seated with Christ in heavenly places, and we were put in a place where God shows us how to become vessels for the power of God to manifest. See, in the Old Testament, only certain individuals had the power of God. Only certain individuals walked in the miraculous and things happened. But the beauty of the New Testament is that truth spoken out on the day of Pentecost by Peter when he, when he quoted Joel. And he says, in these last days, I will pour out my spirit on all. Oh, and he began to say this is far more widely available than it was before then. You see, again, religious people want to restrict the availability. They, want, oh, it's only just for certain individuals to have miracles in their lives. Oh, it was only just for Jesus. Oh, it was only just for the apostles. That's not. That's not what th- that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh says. I'll pour out my spirit, and all Christians, all believers. Jesus said, "Those who believe will have signs following them." This is the message of the Bible, and in fact, Jesus. Jesus didn't try to restrict things. He didn't say, well, you know, I'm Jesus and I did more than anyone else will ever be able to do. So just be happy with that. No, Jesus said, you'll do greater works. He who believes in me will do greater works. And he placed no restriction on that. Jesus cursed a fig tree, turned around and said, you go curse a mountain. That's expanding it. He's not trying to restrict it. You see, we've been blinded. Our eyes have been closed to these truths. We've not seen what the Bible is trying to show us. But it's time we do. It's time we have our eyes opened and we begin to believe in the potential that God has placed inside every believer. The power of God, the Holy Spirit on the inside of us that is released through our faith. Many Christians think they're helpless. And, 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 and uh, uh, this is why I'm teaching on the connection between faith and miracles. We need to begin to see what's possible. Jesus said, all things are possible to some chosen specific individuals. No, that's not what he said. He said, all things are possible to him who believes. It means anybody gets into that category of believing, you, there is a realm of no impossibilities that becomes available. see, again, we haven't seen this. We are so naturally minded. We are so restricted by the natural realm that we cannot see the, 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 the realm of the spirit and the realm of the power of God that is available to us. We've been functioning on a lower level. You see, Jesus showed us what the kind of level we should be able to be functioning on. He was an example on this earth. He wasn't just the only one he was an example he was showing what a new testament believer should be walking in in their lives and uh, we, we 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 have you see the bible says this what this scripture has been going around in my heart for a few weeks now the bible says to be carnally minded is death but to be spiritually minded is life and peace and you see the carnal mind is 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 the mind that thinks according to the natural the, the carnal mind is the mind that thinks according to human flesh and human reasoning. And, and, and the spiritual mind is the mind that is renewed to the word of God. That sees things the way God sees things. And begins to realize that we we have a, we are spirit beings. We are connected to the realm of God. God has filled us with his power. That exceedingly great power. That, that resurrection power that we spoke about a few weeks ago. He's put it on the inside of us, that explosive, miraculous power ready to be unleashed. And then over and over and over and over again in the New Testament, God connects the manifestation and the move of that power to faith. He's trying to show us something. He put the power in there. He's done his part. He's given us the potential. He's given us the the, the availability. And then over and over in the New Testament, he keeps pointing to this subject of faith. He says, guys, there's something in this subject I want you to see. You need to see it. You need to get it. Don't pull away from this subject. Don't keep turning your back off this subject. There's more we haven't seen in this subject still. That's why the New Testament keeps highlighting the truth of faith. It is a New Testament message. There's something in there God wants us to see. And he connects the manifestation of his power to faith. Our faith. That's why Hebrews 11 shows through faith. These people in the Old Testament, this is what they did. And it's not trying to say they were unique in that. It's trying to show you what faith can do. Why? Because God is raising up a people of faith. God is raising up in our generation a people who know how to believe God. A people who know how to bring the power of God into manifestation on this earth. You see, the devil wants to spread a message of fear in the church. The devil wants Christians to be afraid of everything that's going on in the planet. The devil wants people to, to be afraid of the laws that are being passed. And, oh, and this is happening and this is happening. And he keeps pr- spreading a message of fear, highlighting, oh, the enemy's got a plan. The enemy's got a plan. Be afraid. Pray about the enemy's plan. Hey, we also need to see God has a plan. God has had a plan before time began. I preached on this a couple of nights ago. We're just getting the recording available. But we need to realize the enemy's not the only one with a plan on the planet right now. God has a plan. And God has known about this the whole of eternity before human beings were ever even created. Before the foundation of the earth. God prepared and planned some things out. And his plan is to raise up a people who his power can manifest through. Now is the day for us to step into things. There are things God has been preparing the church for. Teaching has been going forth on certain subjects. God has been showing us about faith. He has been teaching us for decades now. And it is because he is preparing us for a day like this. There are Christians that are scared of, you know, what happens when the Antichrist comes and the mark of the beast. And, you know, maybe we're not going to be able to buy food because you can only buy with the mark of the beast. Yeah. Read your Bible. The Bible shows God can bring food to your doorstep by birds if he has to. The Bible shows God can take a loaf of bread and just multiply it right in front of you and feed 5,000 people. The Bible shows God can multiply your oil jar so it doesn't run out. Oh, yes, but those are just miracles that happened in the Old Testament. No, that's a God who's trying to teach you something. That's a God who's trying to get you to begin to realize it doesn't matter what the enemy does on this planet. If we know how to believe God, God, the miraculous power can manifest in our lives and and, 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 and get us through. But you see, we've got our eyes closed to this. We, 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 we We've been blinded. We need to begin to see. We need to begin to realize the plan of God is to raise up a people who know how to walk in his power. He has prepared us for this day. He has prepared us for the end times. He has raised up a church that is going to be a glorious church that walks in the manifestation of the power of God. And the glory of God will fill this earth. The glory of God will manifest through the people of God. Doesn't matter. Don't be afraid of what the enemy's doing. Yes, pray is the spirit of God. I'm not saying don't pray. The, the spirit of God, our prayers can have an impact on stopping some things. I, I, I believe in prayer. Those who know this ministry know I believe in prayer. But don't fear. Don't listen so much to what the enemy is doing that you get afraid. Keep your eyes on the word. Become a people who believe God. Now is the generation. Ours is the generation. We are a fulfillment generation. We are a generation that is ready to step on into the manifestation of the glory of God. And the power of God and the glory of God is going to manifest through his people, through his church, through you, through me, to a level that we have never imagined before. That God is showing us in his word. That's why pay attention to some of these things I'm teaching you here. Because God is highlighting some truths. This is not just a good teaching to add to the list of other good teachings. This is something to pay attention to. Because God wants us to know how to believe him. God wants us to know how to manifest his power on this planet. But not be carnally minded and caught up, stuck in the realm of the natural where things can't manifest. Become spiritually minded. Word minded. Spirit filled minded. We've become vessels for the power of God to manifest through. So our faith, we play a role in whether the miraculous manifests in our lives. We've got to see this. It isn't just all up to God. He keeps highlighting things in the New Testament. He keeps showing us some things. He keeps saying, listen, guys, there's something I want you to see in this subject of faith. Why do you think the enemy has tried to stir up so much anti-faith teaching in the last two decades? So many people rise up to attack this message, trying to keep this message down, trying to keep this message silent. The reason is because the enemy does not want the church to understand what is possible when we become a people who believe God. Let's read. Let's read what the Bible says. People did with faith. Let's just let's just look look at this in Hebrews eleven. Let's look at, I'm just going to look at a couple of verses now. We, we've we preached on some of the other verses in other, class, in other sessions. Look at this in Hebrews 11, verse 32. Hebrews 11, 32. It's just given a list of some people in the Old Testament, David, Samuel, Gideon, and some of the others. Verse 33 says this, who through faith. In other words, faith played a role in what he's about to say. Who through faith did what? What did they do with their faith? Well, they all sat in a corner believing God. No, 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 it's not what it says. Well, they all sat around having philosophical, theological debates about faith. No, no, that's not what it says. Look at what happened when faith was present in these people. He- Hebrews 11.33, who f- through faith subdued kingdoms. Subdue, that, that, that means brought down or conquered or overcame, not just a challenge in their life, kingdoms entire kingdoms. Now, these days, we might not refer to kingdoms as much. We refer to nations. But it's the same idea. An entire nation, an entire kingdom, their faith had an impact and it was able to subdue and bring that down with their faith. Subdue it. Bring it under control to the things of God. That's what faith did. That's what faith did. Why do you think God's trying to get you to understand what faith can do? (laughs) Let's keep going. Who through faith subdued kingdoms, worked righteousness, obtained promises. Well, there's a lot of teaching about how you receive promises of God with faith. So I'm not going to focus on that one right now. Stopped the mouths of lions. I'm going to come back to that one because today we're going to talk about how how to to survive a lion's den. (laughs) Okay. But notice this. Notice what he says next. Remember, every one of the things in this list is directly connected to faith. Faith did every one of these things. He doesn't say these people just sit back, sat back and let God do it. It's highlighting what their faith accomplished and what was accomplished through their lives because of their faith. What will happen today if we get a people who know how to believe God? What will happen today if we get a people who understand that my faith is able to access and manifest the power of God on this planet? Well, we'll begin to start seeing more of these kind of things happening. Notice what it says, verse 34. Again, their faith did this. It's still part of the list. Who through faith quenched the violence of fire. Fire. And it uses the word quenched there because basically took the power out of fire. It doesn't say they put the fire out with water. It says their faith did this. It says their faith quenched the violence of fire. Now, we know about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the book of Daniel, and the throne, throne in the big fiery furnace. Here, it's highlighting that faith played a role in, in overcoming fire. Can faith do that? Well, if you open your eyes to the word of God and begin to see the, the potential of what faith can do, you'll begin to realize this is why Jesus kept telling people, faith, faith believe all things are possible to him who believes he's trying to show you how to step how to tap into a realm of the manifestation of the power and the glory of God that is that that believers can access the enemy doesn't want you to see this he wants you to think oh well you know there's not much my faith can do I don't really believe all of that God wants you to open your eyes to the word of God to begin to realize faith will access the power of God and the miraculous in your life that's why when Peter walked on the water and then he sank, Jesus said, there's a faith problem there, boy. That's why you sank." he's showing him faith played a role in that miracle. Okay, goes on. Escaped the edge of the sword. Out of weakness were made strong. Became valiant in battle. That's connecting their faith to the battles that they went through. And we could go on, but I want to go back. I want to go back to the one I skipped. in Verse 33. Who through faith. Stopped the mouths of lions, lions. Think about this. Sometimes we read these words and we just don't quite think what it's saying. Stopped the mouths of lions. What's a lion? A lion is a, a ferocious animal, <laughs> strong. And, and, you know, they can be quite hungry. We even hear every night again, lions in zoos, eating somebody who fell in, in, in the lion pen, you know, and, and killing them or something like that. A lion is not a, is not a weak creature. It's not something to just play games with. It has the potential. A lion can kill. It can destroy a person's life. But it says, here yeah, their faith stopped the mouth of that lion. The mouth is what's going to eat them. What, what is it that stopped the mouth of that lion? According to this, who through faith stopped the mouths of lions. Did faith have the ability to cause that lion to stop eating them? According to this verse, it did. That means the power of God manifested. Something happened that was different to what the natural said should have happened. In the natural, that, that lion should have eaten them. But because faith was present, something different happened. Now, we're going to talk about one of these because the Old Testament, most people know there's kind of two examples of people in the Old Testament who encountered lions. <coughs> the first one, Samson. Now, I'm, going to, I'm not going to talk about Samson tonight. I'm going to talk about the other one, Daniel. Daniel and the lion's den. It's because you've heard this passage before. Just because you know about Daniel and the Lionsmen, doesn't mean there's something new you can't see about this. I want to look at that passage from the perspective of what in that passage can we see about faith? Because he's just told us faith was involved in stopping the mouths of those lions. And it's lions plural. So one lion with Samson and the lions with Daniel. Okay. so. How did faith? What what role did faith play in that ma- the manifestation of that miracle in Daniel's life? Was it just all up to God, or did faith play a role in, in 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 whether that lion didn't eat him? So let's go to Daniel six, and I want to show you something. There's something I want you to see tonight. I want there's a very specific truth I want to drive out out of the book of Daniel and out of Daniel chapter six, that, that that's going to help you in your life and might answer some questions. All right. Daniel chapter six, I'm not going to read the whole chapter, but Daniel is, is, he's been promoted up to a leadership role in the kingdom. Uh, He's got influence, God's, you know, because he's been listening to God and walking with God. He's been a man of integrity and excellence and, and he's got position in the kingdom now. And there were people who didn't like that. There were people who did not like Daniel because of his position and they decided they're going to try to trap Daniel. They, and so they looked in his life and they couldn't find any way to trap him or any way to bring him down. So the only way they could bring him down is they decided they would manipulate the laws of the kingdom. Get the laws changed in a way that traps Daniel. See, they knew there's no other, no other way we could do this. Yeah, these Christians these days are concerned about people who are trying to manipulate the laws of the land. Listen to this passage right here. That is exactly what Daniel faced. Daniel faced a group of individuals who manipulated the king into making the laws that they wanted made. Was Daniel helpless? No. His faith in God came through in that situation. See, if we begin to get afraid of what the enemy is doing, this is is what I want you to see. You get afraid. There's a lot of people that are so afraid of what the enemy's doing. Listen to the word. How does the word show us how to respond to what's going on? Okay. So they they, they manipulated the situation. They got the law. They they got the king to make a new law. And that new law was anybody who prays to anybody but the king should be thrown into the lion's den. They they only had one person in mind with that law. That is they wanted to get Daniel. They wanted to kill him. They wanted him in the lion's den. The king signed the decree. This is in Daniel chapter 6 and verse 9. The king signed the decree. Now, let's look at what happens next. I want you to see Daniel's response and how Daniel reacted to this situation. Because it's in Daniel's reaction that you see his faith. And there's something specific about his faith that you see. I want you to see this. I want you to get a hold of this truth tonight. Because this is going to make a big difference in some areas. It's going to help you see some things. This is not an average situation going on here. This is a life or death situation. Daniel is facing potential persecution to kill him. Okay? He's not just facing a little challenge where a few people don't like him and and they're talking badly about about him behind his back you know i get christians sometimes they panic and say oh pray for me you know some people don't like me and they you know they're saying things against me pray that it'll stop pray that it'll stop help 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 listen to this passage about daniel and i want you to notice how daniel responded did daniel crumble did he get all afraid did he get all scared about what they were doing did he did he get it to go out to god and say god help they're chasing me they're gonna kill me no That's how Christians today react. And this is why their faith's not bringing miracles into their lives. Listen to what the word is showing us. Let's see how Daniel reacted to this life and death situation. God has put him in the word. And then in the New Testament, in Hebrews 11, points back to the faith of the people who stopped the mouths of lions. So let's listen. What does God want us to see in this passage? What is it about Daniel's faith that that affected this miracle and brought him through this situation? The first thing I want you to realize is this is that the people who were coming against Daniel didn't stop coming against him. He got all the way into the lion's den. There's a lot of Christians that don't want to get as far as the lion's den. They want God just to stop the people attacking them. I've had people say, well, just pray that these people stop talking against me. I ain't going to pray that for you. I'm sorry. I'm going to pray that your faith doesn't fail and that you stand strong and that the power of God manifests regardless of who's trying to come against you. The Bible doesn't say pray that people don't talk against you. The Bible says you're going to be persecuted. What you need to learn how to do is how to stand strong in the word of God so that the power of God manifests in that situation and brings you through it. We need to know. Yes, we need to know how to stand in this age. That's right. I just saw the comment there. Okay. Look at what happens with Daniel. Laws are made in the nation he's in that trap him in his beliefs, specifically attack him in what he believes. Daniel didn't back down. Look, let's look at exactly how he reacted. Okay. Daniel chapter six and verse 10 says, Now when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, now that means he knew this law was in motion. He wasn't ignorant. He didn't he didn't go and do what he did next because he didn't know the law was in motion. He knew when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, in other words, the law was now in motion that he could not pray to to his God. What did he do? It says he went home and in his upper room, with his windows open toward Jerusalem. He's not hiding in a corner somewhere. He knelt down on his knees three times that day. And prayed and gave thanks before his God, as was his custom since early days. It doesn't say he ran to pray out of fear. It says he just continued doing what he's always been doing. It doesn't say, oh, God, they're attacking me. Help, God, you don't understand. They're going to kill me. See, that's praying out of fear. That's what a lot of Christians are doing. They're afraid of what the enemy can do to them. And they're praying out of fear. Daniel here was unshaken. He was unmoved. This is what I want you to begin to see. I want you to see his response. He's not thrown by what the enemy is doing. He's not panicking. He's not afraid. This is where you begin to see his faith. Yes, courage is another word. I've just seen in the comments there. Daniel is unmoved. He is not fazed by what the enemy's doing. He's not fazed by the attack on his life. He's not weakened. He doesn't run and cower. He doesn't run and hide and cry out to God, "Oh God, please stop this. You don't understand. God, they're going to kill me. Oh God, if you don't help me, I'm going to die." I've heard Christians praying like that. I get prayer requests from Christians that pray like, "Oh, you got to you don't understand. I need help, If it doesn't yeah. and, and you can just tell they're totally afraid. We need to realize this, that when fear grips you of what the enemy can do, when fear grips your life about how the enemy can destroy you, that is going to rip your faith apart. This is when many people are weakening. They are afraid of what the enemy can do. They're afraid about the destructive power of a situation coming in their lives. And their fear is trapping them. Their fear is tearing their faith down. Now they say, I believe God. But their whole prayer is out of fear of what the enemy can do. Daniel, there's not a, a, a single, single little bit of evidence of fear in his life. He's unmoved. He just gets back on with his relationship with God. Openly opens the window and begins to pray. And it even says he gave thanks before his God. That tells us a little bit about what the content of his prayers was. Giving things, just thank you, Lord God. Thank you. You're amazing. Thank you for all the things you do. That doesn't sound like a person in fear. That doesn't sound like a person who's afraid that his life's about to be, be be killed if he prays. See, the one of the things about the book of the book of Daniel is Daniel is about conviction. The whole book of Daniel, you see, you see people who hold to their convictions no matter what. Now. This is the truth I want to begin to lead you towards right here. We've heard a lot about faith. We've heard a lot about believing God. But there's a little bit in the whole idea of faith and believing God we haven't quite seen it like we should. Sometimes people say, well, you know, I believe the Bible. I believe what God says. But the first sign, sign of a challenge in their life, they, they they throw in the towel, panic and fear and let go of everything God says. Now, they'll still say, I believe God heals. But you can tell they've weakened. What what we need to begin to see, one of the definitions of the word faith in the Bible is a conviction. It is something you are so convinced about that nothing shakes you off it. Now, as you read through this passage on Daniel, you don't really see much more about Daniel between now and when he's thrown in the lion's den. We We don't see any more of his responses, his reactions. He gets, they they trap Daniel, they capture him, they take him to the king. And the king says, and they basically say he's broken the law. Daniel gets thrown in the lion's den. You don't see Daniel making lots of confessions and and, and crying and praying. You don't see anything. In the next few verses, the only thing we see about Daniel in this situation was his unwavering consistency and lack of fear. And that is what the Bible wants to show us about his faith. He wasn't moved by the challenge. He had a deep conviction. He didn't just believe God. He had His conviction was so deep that nothing would shake it. Now, many, many Christians believe the Bible, but they don't have that level of depth of conviction about things. And that the first sign of a challenge, their faith weakens. It's not enough to have faith. It's not enough to believe God. The Bible shows you can have weak faith and strong faith. You can have faith that will not, doesn't shake. You can have faith that doesn't move. And this is the kind of faith we see in Daniel. He didn't just have faith. He had unmovable, unshakable, unwavering, unweakening faith. That, that that even a life and death situation didn't cause him to crumble. And a lot of Christians say, well, you know, I believe God. I'm a person of faith. And yet the first challenge in their life, they fall apart. They fall apart emotionally. They, they get into fear. They they oh no, you don't understand what the devil's doing in my life. That's why they never get as far as a miracle. God wants us to, to raise up a people who become unshakable in their belief. Have a deep conviction that they can't be moved off. No matter how much the pressure it gets on. You know the Bible shows... I'm not saying what's happening when, I'm not talking end times here, but the Bible does show in the end times, in the book of Revelation, there's gonna be some things happening. And in the lead up to that time, there's gonna be some things happening. If we are Christians who just wishy-washy and weaken at the first sign of pressure, we're not gonna be able to stand up against some of the things that are coming. God is raising up a people of conviction who will not move, no matter what the pressure gets uh, comes on us. Faith that stands the test, Faith that stands the fire. Faith that won't weaken, won't stagger, but just keeps moving forward with what we believe. That's what you see in Daniel. You see a, not, not just a man who has a belief and at the first sign of pressure, he throws his belief out the window. You see a man of conviction. This is what I want you to, That word conviction is a deep held stabilizing force that's so deep. Have you ever met someone who is so convinced there is no God, they're an atheist, that no matter what you say to them, you can't change their belief. I think we've all met people like that. That's conviction. (laughs) That's somebody, no matter what you say, they won't throw their belief away. Now, yes, that's us, except in the reverse. Our conviction has got to be unshakable. It's got to be something that no matter what, if you want the kind of faith That produces miracles in your life. See, with Peter, his faith weakened. The moment he saw the storms, he weakened. And what happened? The miracle shut down. What's the Bible trying to show us there? Faith that lets go. Faith that weakens under pressure. Faith that looks at the challenges around and then weakens is the kind of faith where the miracle shuts down. What's God trying to show us? He's trying to raise us up to a people who do not weaken and shake. And fall apart. And get into fear. God wants a people who will stand his word no matter what. Who will say, I believe God and nothing's changing it. People of deep, 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 deep set conviction on the inside that nothing will change us. That's the kind of faith that the word of God wants to produce in your life. Not just a vague general belief. I know I'm explaining and explaining and explaining this. But it's because I want you to see. It's not enough just to believe the bible we need a deep conviction of the bible if you can see that the, the strength of what i'm trying to say it needs to be so deep set so burnt onto the inside of you that nothing will shake you no pressure no attack of the enemy if you're shakeable, and the enemy just knows all he's got to do is throw one or two crises at you and you fall apart in fear then then we need to strengthen up a bit more i don't get condemned if that's where you are now But certainly don't stay there. Get a vision and say, I need to get stronger in this. I need my faith to get stronger. I need my faith to get unshakable. It's the kind of faith that cannot be conquered. This is the kind of faith that the Bible highlights. The people that we see. And this is why the book of Daniel is about a man of conviction. A man who will not be shaken. doesn't matter if the laws are made against him. doesn't matter if people attack him. He just gets on with what he's got to be doing. And he keeps the course. And he stays the course. And is not shaken from that. And they grab him. They take him. They take him all the way to the lion's den. You don't see him falling on the ground going, no, please, 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 please. You don't understand. He goes all the way into the lion's den. Unshaken. Faith that will not move. Deep conviction. And what happens in the lion's den? Power of God manifests and God comes through for him. That's the kind of faith that gets miracles. That's the kind of faith that God's wanting to raise people up. An unshakable generation that will not let go of anything, no matter what. See, people say, oh, I believe in healing. And then three weeks later, they get sick and they're like, well, I thought God was going to heal me. And they just let go of their conviction like that. It's sad. It's very sad. But there are people who used to believe in healing, but because something went wrong, they didn't get healed. They let go of their belief in healing. Now they don't believe in healing anymore. Well, what does that tell me about their belief? Some of them even preach against healing now. What does that tell me about their belief? It was weak. It was shakable. All you had to do is throw a challenge at them and they just let go of their belief like that. There was no conviction backing that belief. Some of those people need to come back. Uh, and I'm saying that right now, I believe by the Spirit of God, some of those people who've let go of their conviction, turn their back on certain truths in the Bible, you need to come back to them. They are where your answer is. The Bible says, don't draw back. Don't pull away from truths. Stick closer to truths. Amen. Let's, let me show you something. Let me show you something in Romans chapter four. Romans chapter four about Abraham. This is the kind of thing you want to beat a lion's den you've got to have unshakable conviction. It's the kind of conviction that is so firmly grounded in in strong foundation in your heart that nothing can rip it out of you. I sometimes say this, you couldn't beat it out of me with a baseball bat. (laughs) I'm not not saying go around beating people with baseball bats, but, but actually right after in Hebrews 11, right after where it talks about these people, I don't have the verse open in front of me right now, but what, right after where it talks about they stopped the mouth, mouths of lions with their faith, it talks about the persecution they faced. and talks about how they wouldn't back down, no matter how their lives were put under threat. They didn't back down. This is the kind of people you saw in the early church, people who were put to death for what they believed and They didn't back down. Okay? That is the kind of conviction that God is wanting to get his people to. To where we are so solidly persuaded by the truths of the word of God that absolutely nothing can rip it out of us. That's more than just, well, I believe it. That is a conviction. That is a deep set, firmly held conviction on the inside that nothing can shake you on. That's what Daniel had. You know, in Mark chapter 4, Jesus, when he talks about the, 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 the parable of the, the four types of ground. The sower sows the word into four types of ground. One, and and th- three of the types of ground the seed didn't produce. And one of them was good ground that produced. If you don't know the parable, you can read it in Mark chapter 4. With one of those bad types of ground that didn't produce fruit. It says this. It says that this that group of people, they heard the word and basically got excited about it. They rejoiced when they heard it. And then it says afterward, when tribulation and persecution arose, then, then basically then they, they, they weaken and let go. Anybody can get excited about the Bible when things are going well. Anyone can get excited about healing when they're healthy. Oh, I believe in healing. I believe in healing. It's when you're in the pressure. It's when it, it, it's when it's when It's when everything looks opposite to the word of God, and yet you refuse to let go of the word of God that you find out what you really believe. That's when you find out, do you really believe in healing? When everything in the natural says the opposite. And you you say, I will not quit my stand on the word of God no matter what. Because I see it in the Bible and I believe it. That's the kind of faith that will get you to the manifestation of miracles. It's the kind of faith that will not let go of what the Bible says. So so many people, they've gotten partially into this and then they've let it go. They've thrown it out the window. Well, i tried that faith stuff and it didn't work. Yeah, you've just told me how, how weak your conviction was. The reason it didn't work is because you had such a weak conviction that all you needed was a little bit of a challenge and you throw the conviction out the window. It's not that faith didn't work. The word of God proved you and tested you and found out your faith was weak. (laughs) Okay, well, don't get condemned about that. I'm not condemning you. I'm trying to give you an answer. Don't get condemned about that. Get up. Do it again. The Bible says the righteous fall down. They get back up again. If you crumbled the first time, what do you do? Do you lie on the floor, the floor there and cry? No, 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 no. We get back up and we say we're going to do this a second time. We, you know, what do you do? It doesn't, you know, when two boxers are in a, are, are having a, a boxing match, you know, one of them might get knocked down. It's only you only lose the boxing match when you stay down. As long as you keep getting back up, the Bible says the righteous will get back up again. We will arise. We might get knocked down. We get back up again. So if you've let go of your faith stand in the past, don't say, oh, well, there's no hope for me. There's nothing I can do. I'm get all condemned about it. And let the enemy sit on your shoulder and say, yes, you're a bad Christian. You recognize, okay, I made a mistake. I got it wrong that time. I shouldn't have let it go. But I'm going to pick it back up and I'm not going to let it go this time. I'm going to see the truths of the word of God. I'm going to hold to them and I'm not going to quit on them. No matter how bad the pressure gets, no matter how much the enemy attacks, that is. Is the level of conviction that'll get miracles happening in your life. If you're so weak on it that you throw it out the window at the first sign of a challenge, then then that's why you're not seeing miracles. That's not what things that's why things are not manifesting in your life. Because the Bible doesn't just tell us to have faith, it shows strength of faith, strength of conviction. Let me show you this in Romans chapter four. I want you to see this. Romans chapter four is talking about Abraham. And Abraham, uh, over and over in the New Testament, Abraham is highlighted. The Bible keeps pointing to Abraham in the New Testament, say, look at Abraham. His faith shows us something about faith. He, He is the father of our faith. He's the example. Have faith like Abraham has faith. And when the Bible keeps pointing at something and saying, look at this, look at this, look at this. You know what we should do? We should look at it. What is what is the Bible trying to show us about the faith of Abraham? Well, we know scriptures which says Abraham believed God and it was credited to him for righteousness. But let's look at There's a bit more that it's trying to show us. Look here in Romans chapter 4. verse. Uh, we could read from verse 18. Uh, it says, who, talking about Abraham, contrary to hope, in hope, believed. And what that basically means is when everything in the natural was opposite to what God said, and he had no hope. Everything said you cannot have what God said. It said he still chose to believe what God said. Contrary to everything in the natural, which said the opposite to what God said, he, he held to what God said and said, I will not let go of what God said. Contrary to everything in the natural. Okay, now let, let's go to verse 19. This is what I want you to see. Verse, Romans chapter four verse nineteen says this and not being weak, weak, not being weak in faith. Don't 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 read any further. Just get a hold of what this this phrase is saying. It is saying he was not weak, not being weak in faith. Well, let's let's talk about that that word weak there because it's connecting the word weak to faith so what is it showing us is it possible to have faith but to have weak faith well according to this verse it is it says Abraham was not weak in faith well if he was not weak in faith that indicates it's possible to be weak in faith that word weak in the original Greek uh, the definition means it means weak it means feeble feeble It means someone that doesn't have any strength. It means powerless. Okay, Uh, (laughs) There's a lot of people that have faith, but they've got feeble faith. They've got faith that crumbles, faith that staggers, faith that weakens under pressure. It's trying to show us here something about Abraham. He did not have weak faith. He didn't have the kind of faith that had no strength to it. OK, so we need to say, well, if the Bible's telling me I must be like Abraham, I need to have that. I need to have the faith like he have, has, which means I must I must aim toward where I do not have feeble faith. OK, not being weak in faith. Now, notice this. It doesn't let go of this issue of weak because it's going to come back to it. Contrasted in the next verse There's something in these verse that's showing you can have weak faith and you can have strong faith. There's different strengths to your faith. Daniel had strong faith. He had conviction that wouldn't be shaken. Not being weak in faith, he did not consider his own body already dead since he was about a hundred years old and the deadness of Sarah's womb. Now, verse 20. He did not. Now it's, it's just told us he did not have weak faith. It's about, it's about to tell you something else he did not do or did not have. He did not waver at the promise of God. Now that word waver. Some people connect this to James 1, where it talks about wavering. It's, it's a slightly different word here. The word waver means to stagger, stagger. Now, when, you know, if someone's carrying a heavy load or they're, they're, they're struggling to carry something, they might stagger. They're trying to walk and then they trip, they stagger, okay? that's It means to stagger at something. And in fact, the, the old King James translates translated it as staggered. He did not stagger in faith. When someone's walking, and their legs give out under them, that means they're staggering. Okay. Now, some people are going on with their faith, but as the pressure increases on them and it gets hard, they stagger under that faith. They weaken. This is still God giving the idea of a faith that weakens under pressure. He did not stagger at the promises of God. It also means he did not withdraw. He didn't pull away from the promise of God. This is why I said there's people that believed in healing and then the pressure got on. They staggered in their faith and they withdrew from the healing promises. And then I, then they said, well, you see, that shows I, I didn't get a result. No, the reason you didn't get a result is because you withdrew from the promises. You backed off certain things the Bible said. Abraham didn't back off. He held to it. He held firmly to it and he wouldn't let go of it no matter what. So he didn't weaken And he didn't stagger. But what did he do? He did not waver at the promise of God, did not stagger at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strengthened. Now we come to the opposite side. He was strengthened in faith. Now, the New King James says was strengthened in faith, but actually you could translate that he was strong in faith. That word, it does mean strengthened, but it also just means to be strong. Now, the contrast here is weak faith and strong faith. You can have faith, but it can be weak faith. You you can have faith, but it can be feeble faith. You can have faith that crumbles the moment a pressure is put on, and and your faith immediately turns to fear. See, remember remember what Jesus said to Peter. He says, I prayed for you that your faith does not fail. Okay? Faith that is present, but weakens. And you see, if you want to beat lions, if you want to have the the kind of faith that that miracles manifest in your life, we've got to get away from weak faith. We've got to have such a deep set conviction that faith that doesn't weaken no matter what, doesn't shake and stagger. And I'm being repetitive with this because I said I want to drive home one truth tonight. I want you to see this in the Word of God. This passage about Ab- about Abraham right here, Romans 4, verse 19 and 20, is contrasting the strength level of his faith. You can have faith, but it can be at a low strength level. And the weaker that faith is, the easier it crumbles. Now, we're heading into days where, you, where, where, where we, we, we don't want to have faith that crumbles. If you want to walk in the miraculous power of God, you want the power of God to manifest through your life, then we need to be getting we need to be aiming toward unstaggering faith, unwavering faith, unmovable faith, faith that doesn't weaken no matter what. This is what God is calling his people toward. This is where God's drawing us to such a deep conviction that nothing shakes us. Because God says those are the kind of people that power will manifest through. Those are the kind of people that will face lions and their faith will stop the mouths of lions. Those are the kind of people that will quench the fire. And power will manifest through their life because of that deep set conviction. Amen. So what I wanted you to see tonight was the, the idea of different strengths, levels of faith. Uh, here just actually, I'm going to show you one more thing before I close. Because we haven't seen this as well. Galatians chapter 5 lists the fruit of the Spirit. It, the, the, now, most people, when they think about the fruits of the Spirit, they don't think about faith. Because in a lot of Bibles, faith is not listed in the fruit of the Spirit. But it's actually down to poor translation. Okay, most people, when they think of the fruit of the spirit, they think of love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self and self-control. Okay. And the the New King James uses the word faithfulness. But actually, when you dig into the, the original Greek, you'll find out it's not the word for faithfulness, it's the word for faith. There's a very there's two different words in the Greek. One means faithful as in a a loyal person, and one means faith, okay? I've even read commentaries that will say, well, yes, the word used there is the word for faith, but it should be translated faithfulness. Why? (laughs) They give no reason. They just say, well, it should be translated faithfulness because in their mind, faithfulness goes with the rest of the list. Love, joy, peace, patience. Well, faithfulness is a character quality. A lot of the times people do not think about faith in terms of a character quality in us. Now, if you think about faith in terms of conviction, a person of conviction, a person who lives by their convictions, they don't make decisions about should I should I forgive my enemy or should I not forgive my enemy by whether I feel like it? They, their convictions drive their lives. Then you can realize where faith is actually a character trait this is something God's wanting to develop people of conviction people of such firm solid unmovable convictions that they will govern their decisions not by other people not by circumstances not by pressures but by what they believe that's why the bible says we live by faith or we live by our convictions that's the kind of person Daniel was That's the kind of person who was unshakable. His convictions governed his life in such a strong way that nothing would pull him off that. Amen. So anyway, I just wanted to throw that out there about the fruit of the spirit. But actually, that character quality is talking about a person of deep conviction whose life they make their decisions. They govern everything in their lives by the by the strength of their conviction over any topic. And what is their conviction built on? The word of God. The word of God builds our convictions, which is our belief, which is our faith. And the stronger those convictions become, the more unshakable they come on the inside of you. The more you become the kind of person that God's trying to raise up, where he said, that's what Abraham was like. He was a man of conviction. That's what Daniel was like. He was a conviction is a message of the book of Daniel. These were people, you see this in the beginning when they were going to throw them in the fire and and, and you see this when they tried to, even in Daniel chapter one, where they wanted them to eat the wrong meat and they said, no, we're not touching that meat. We're going to do it the way God says you're going to do it. That shows people of conviction. People, every decision was governed by what God said. Every action was governed by their life with God every way their life functioned, what, what they ate, whether they would pray. It's all about what God said. That is a person of conviction. That's a person of faith. That's what living by faith is all about. Many people just see faith as something I resort to when I want to get a prayer prayer answered. God's raising up people of deep conviction who are unshakable in what they believe. And through those people, power will manifest. Amen? Strong faith. So anyway... I trust I got this message out tonight, trust you got something out of this, but I want you to see the difference between a weakened faith that just easily crumbles and staggers and a faith that is unmovable. This is what we want to get a hold of. You want to survive lion's den, you want to survive pressure, you want to survive whatever the enemy throws at you, whether it's sickness, cancer, threats of death, financial attack. Become a person of deep, unshakable conviction. In the Word of God, that foundation will bring you to the place where the power of God can manifest and move in those situations to bring about change. If you're going to be someone who just so easily pulls away, well, you know, I believed God's my provider, but you know, I had a financial challenge, and now I don't believe God's my provider. All you just said there's you've got no conviction. You're weak in faith. Let's become better than that. let become people who's so strong nothing will shake that foundation out of us. And through those people, the power of God will manifest. Amen. God bless you. Thank you for listening to us tonight again. And I love teaching you guys. It's always an honor and a privilege. And thank you for joining us. Thank you as well for people who share share these. Um, also, I'm just going to mention the Bible courses. Uh, I do run online Bible courses as well. If you want any information about that, that is at um, online. So fromtheshores.com is the normal email, is the normal website from these shores.online is Bible courses where people can study and take different courses and I run different courses at different times uh, to to help you to grow stronger in the word of God. So thank you too. Good to see you, Becca and and Helen and all the others I've seen commenting there. God bless you and um, we'll see you again soon next week. Thank you.